What is up, Cal family? It's Rod Benson. I just watched us play Butler, and I got some things to say about it. Uh, you know what? I won't even I won't even dilly dally today. There will be no dilly dally, except to say that I usually don't record right after a game. Two reasons for it today. One, and for the life of me, I still don't know why this is a thing. The game was at nine a.m. So, like, I actually again only saw the second half. Uh, because my brain was thinking, okay, I'll start checking the time around noon, and then I woke up and the game was on. Uh, so another ridiculously timed game. Um, and the second reason is because I... I don't know. I feel like I don't want to lose the emotion of the moment. Um, so I don't know. Like I don't, We're not on some Discord server discussing the game as it happens. I tried to live... X, it, I don't know, I'm not that active on there. I'm more of a threads guy these days, but um, there didn't seem to be a lot of discussion. So I don't know how people feel minute to minute watching these things. I certainly don't know how you felt in the first half of this game because I didn't see it. I tuned into a tied game that was like 38-38 that went to two overtime. So I saw a good... 30 minutes of basketball. My first takeaway, let's start with the positives. Because it a double overtime loss is never like the worst thing in the world. So let's start with the positives. This dude, Jalen Cohn, is on some, like, on some, like, what? Like, how, how does he even, when I saw, I mean, he hit the three to send it to the first overtime. And that made him, because again, I didn't see the first half, so I don't know what happened. Like 5 of 14. Then he hit the second one, and then I want to say he missed one in the second overtime. So, I don't know, let's say he took 15 to 18 threes. How? Like, it doesn't feel like he's just taking over the game, jacking a bunch of threes. They, every one of them felt necessary. I'm saying this is a good thing. Because I just don't get how it's so seamless. I said this before. It doesn't feel at all like he's playing selfish. In fact, I'm not going to call it selfishness, but I routinely see other guys not make maybe the choice that I might make or, you know, the highest level choice, and that's not unusual. It's college basketball. There's literally nothing wrong with that. But Jalen Cohn doesn't do that as often to me. He, like, gives the ball up. He goes away from the ball. He lets other people bring it up. He... And then somehow he man manages to get up that many threes. I truly don't like, I need to really watch. My problem is all these games have been at the wildest time or on some network that doesn't make sense. I can't see a whole game. <laughs> I mean, really, I, you know, and again, I guess it's a little on me, but it's between even knowing which network it's on and like, oh my God. But I've done myself a disservice because I need to really understand what makes this dude, Jalen Cohn, able to play in a way where he has such a volume of shots and it doesn't feel like he does. So I'll tell you this. Now, Jalen Tyson had a really great second half. Um, and I guess he was scoreless in the first. But I don't think he scored till like 14 minutes or something on a free throw. But you feel every one of his like buckets kind of you feel all the attack plays that he has, make, make or miss. Um, 
I'd say the same with Daz, right? When he posts up, it's like takes a second. You, you know, he hits a move. It like it. The offense has to stop somewhere, and that's just how basketball works. It stops with the score. Jalen Cohn has like eluded that feeling for me. Now I'm not saying it feels this way to everybody. For me, it's like I almost never remember that he's an, a scoring option until he scores. Then I'm like, oh yeah, he's not just a scoring option. He's like a very, very good one. Uh, I would like to see more of Jalen Cohn. I don't know. I don't even know how that works because he's getting up a ton of shots. It, maybe this is just the, like the most natural way for him to play. Um, I don't know what he looks like as a full-time ball handler, but it feels like he could be. It feels like he makes good choices. Uh, and having someone with that kind of three-point prowess on the ball more just means the defense will have to play tighter. I mean, the floor should be more open. Uh, I also want to give props to Keontae Kennedy because this is now the second game I've seen him play. And he feels like a guy who gets it. Like, he reminds me like a, a little bit of a guy I used to play with named uh, Ronaldo Major. I want to say Major is now the leading scorer in D-League history, G-League history. Um, but when I first got to the D-League, he was on the Warriors on a call-up. Um, he's like 6'7", long, can kind of do everything, but is known for defense, but... He feels like the most stable guy, and I'm going to get to like that, and I'm going to use this as a segue, but he feels like very stable in terms of like, there's like a, like a, I don't know, like a different maturity in like his even like movement. You do see that with like a, like defensive minded guys a lot. I remember Dennis Gates probably came off that way to someone who wasn't in the room. Like he was a serious one, like Dennis Gates has been as serious as he is now since he was six years old. Five was the last time he smiled. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying anything like that. I just I get this this that 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 like maturity from Keontae Kennedy, and I think he brings good balance. All right, that's the kind of the good for me. I know there's a lot more good things that happened. Tons. I still like our ball movement relatively. Um, I think the guys playing with passion and like wanting to be there I think there's something to be said about for like the last five games being so close meaning that the margins are so slim so slim like this team could be seven and two I'm not like I'm not exaggerating that at all it's not like one of these things like hey we could be it's like no, no no we kind of are and this is why I wanted to jump in right after the broadcast because, again, I wanted to keep some of this emotion. Uh, and I even, I took a nap after the game. I'm like, let me, let me catch up. Let me make sure I don't just go right on. Because to get better, I don't know how they do it without taking my suggestion and playing some sort of zone. Uh... I have the Arizona game on in the background here, and I'm watching them play. And I just don't see at all how our defense... Now, they're the number one team in the country. Let's not... I try to use my words very specifically and caveat often. Few teams are going to beat the number one team in the country. 
They are currently smacking Wisconsin by like 23. But on defense, they are playing a similar style to what Cal plays. And this is kind of the problem with, I don't know, call it basketball in general, sports in general, is like you see someone else do something, so you're like, oh, I'll do the thing. And when I say that, I mean they're, they're playing a drop coverage. Now, I have called this out. This is the third podcast I know I'm talking about this. And I was even like, damn, do I keep saying this? Like, why would I keep saying this? Why would I keep bringing up our defense if people already know it? Well, it's because in the second half, if you watch the broadcast, Casey Jacobson called it out. Cal's playing a drop defense. So Butler in this area is going to get whatever they want. Yeah. In fact, when, when Butler started to, when Cal started to come back and actually force that overtime, I don't think Butler ran a pick and roll that whole time. They were just, they like kind of got out of their offense. They were just dribbling the ball down, finding either Tyson or Cone and trying to post them up. Which still put a ton of pressure on our defense, except for they didn't have three-point shooters, right? Their big men do not shoot threes at all. I'm telling you this, any team with the three that shoots bigs, I don't know how we beat them playing that way. All right. I'm not even going to get into that I would prefer to see some zone. I'm going to actually explain what I was seeing today. And this week, I am going to do like the, the video breakdown. Um, I know I say stuff like that sometimes and it doesn't come to fruition because life has caveats. But I really want to show what I've been seeing, especially once Casey Jacobson made it clear that it's not just me. All right. Right now, we're playing a man-to-man defense where depending on how good a shooter the other five is, Dawes will play off of them uh, into the paint. He will bump cutters. uh, And then on a pick and roll, he'll do something called drop defense, which again, Casey Jacobson alluded to. I've said this before too. Essentially at the top of the key, and it's going to happen on the wing too, um, you'd hope to force it down in that. Whatever, I'm getting ahead of myself. You have someone, you have the big come and set a pick and roll at the top of the key. Instead of going all the way with him, Daz will stay around the free throw line, around the free throw line. Uh, but a lot of times, not even that high up, we'll call it like eight to 10 feet up from the basket, but also eight to 10 feet from where the action is. So this guy comes off, and if I was playing drop defense, which I did play a lot as a professional, and which Arizona is playing currently, you have to be way more active. I don't think people get how hard that is, which is why I tried to even in the last podcast not blame Dawes for this. But maybe it is his fault. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna say it isn't fully, but I can't say that I would put him in a position to have to be good or bad at that because it's really hard. You have to be fast. You have to be really fast to do that, right? Because in the chance you're playing against someone who can hit that shot, either either the three behind the line or routinely make eight to 10 foot floaters, you have to stop their momentum. Here's the issue. Every time Dawes came up in this last game um, where the bigs couldn't shoot, they were running right at the rim, which is pro style. And, uh, and I want to say Butler was doing like kind of an exchange, like a down screen ball screen so that like Jalen Cohn was put in a lot of positions where Dawes felt like he might have to like 
shade help. I mean, it's a, I, I'm not going to say I'm a big fan of the Butler offense. I think it was a little too bloated for what they are trying to do. Like, their individual talent is way better than their offense. That said, same strategy. Like, when they, when they took off in overtime versus when we were coming back in the fourth quarter, really look at the offensive play selection of Butler. If you happen to have the game, they went to just post up, post up, post up. They scored some, they missed some. I'm not saying that it was good or bad. I don't know. In that overtime, second one, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen, ball screen. Ball. I, there was one play where I, I screamed at the TV like, you got to be kidding me. There was a wing ball screen. The side was cleared out. So the other three offensive players on Butler were away from the play on the other half of the, you know, that half of the court. They ran a pick and roll on the wing towards the middle and Dawes dropped to cover. No, it was towards, it was towards the corner. Sorry. And Dawes dropped to cover, which is fine, but he was so far off. The dude took like one of the openest three pointers in like American history. Like I have to go back. I don't know. <laughs> What's the most open shot in U.S. history? Don't answer that. It's pro- probably a really... Uh, but like, you get what I'm saying. This is not like rocket science to me at all. Listen, you don't have to play a zone. But the two things currently killing Cal, and it's super easy to scout for, because again, Butler, to me, did not have a good offense. I repeat, Butler, to me, did not have a good offense. They had good offensive players. They did not have a good offense. But okay, so we have like we have Jalen Cohn in playing guarding wings also, maybe. I don't know. Definitely not guarding their smallest player, it didn't seem. Um then Jalen Tyson was injured. Run a pick run a post up play with one of those two guys as a defender. Dawes is so far off his man that he might as well be playing a zone. Watch all these post ups. He's just like he's not he's in the middle of the key. Um and sometimes he's, you know, being pulled a little bit, but Sometimes when these plays develop, he's 20 feet away from his man, which again, when you're playing a non-shooter is fine. I would do the same thing. The problem is you have to get out there now and not just in case he catches it and shoots it, which in today's game, you know, in the actual game today, those guys weren't shooters. So that's why you get more space. But those guys aren't dummies either. They're setting screens away from the ball. I wasn't a three-point shooter in my career. I could shoot out to 15 off the glass all day, but I wasn't shooting threes. So if someone played me like Dawes is playing them, I'd make their life a nightmare by making sure everyone I know and cherish is getting clean cuts right towards that person, and then I'm following. Now, again, Butler's offense wasn't really good enough for that, but just watch how many, like, wide open. I mean... If it's a ball screen and Dawes is in it, the guard has everything they want. Now, at this level, everything a guy wants might not be everything that they can actually score doing. But it's... I'm going to take it a step further than I've said before. Our defense is really bad. It's like frighteningly bad. <laughs> our, for how good our offense is and how close these games are. Why are we giving the other team everything? 
at the end of the day, like, I, and I've tried to caveat this before, if you are playing, if you have a defensive strategy, there's a lot of ways to have a strategy. But if you're giving up everything the other team wants, that's not working as a strategy. I mean, I played against all sorts of guys, right? Like, when I was in college, we played Brandon Roy and Washington. And he cooked us. It was actually the first time, because I was faster as a, as a big man. We used to switch that high pick and roll with just me and, me and Devon Harden because we had, you know, the foot speed. And when, we switched, when I switched him to Brandon Roy, it was the first time that I was like, he had like two step back threes from like 30 feet. And I was like, bro, this is different. <laughs> this is different. If I was playing as a pro now, I would never have just switched and tried to guard Brandon Roy straight up one-on-one 30 feet from the basket. I tell the coach, we're going to send like, yo, point guard whoever's guarding him. We don't let him operate anything at the top of the key. And if we do, we definitely don't let him go towards either his strong side or the side that they're trying to run the play to. Shrink it as much as possible. Wait, it's Brandon Roy. When he comes off the screen, he might want to shoot right away. I don't want him to even see daylight. I might start 10 feet away on a drop coverage, but it's Brandon Roy. As soon as that screen hits, boom, I'm there. Brandon, you're going to see me like arms, limbs, everything in your face. That's the only way to play that. That is the only way to play that. I want to make that clear. This is not like a, I'm not someone who likes to say things as hard line as like absolute. Until someone shows me something else, and it's possible, Cal currently isn't, that you can play a drop coverage with a slower-footed defender, have him 20 feet out, get up, and stop whatever action is happening either on a ball screen or on action away from the basketball. You're like, it's impossible. It's just not going to happen. That is not a possibility. It can look like it works if the other team has no skill. Point blank, period. But if you're wondering why, like, the other team just seems to get, like, nine-foot uncontested shots or just, like, the most wide-open three-pointers in the history of the game. Again, I don't, <laughs> I don't know my U.S. history too well, but the most open shots in history. Yelling at the screen. Casey Jacobson and Mark Madsen, I mean, I, I assume they're best friends. They played together. And he called it out. And he didn't call it out as like the strategy. He was calling out what was happening. He said Butler is getting whatever they want. I, I know you guys heard that. I wonder if some of you guys were like, that's what Rob Benson was saying the whole time. Yeah. What's funny is it's the first time we had a color guy in a game that I've watched so far who actually like played pretty high-level basketball. Further, I just think Casey Jacobson is a bit, um, I don't know, his analysis on TV is a bit more technical and a bit more, um, he's more aggressive about it, uh, which is not a bad thing. So when you watch Mike Montgomery and he's just like basically coaching the team from the broadcast, like, oh, wouldn't do that. Oh, wouldn't do that. Then you watch Ben Braun, who 
is just like saying what's happening, and that's not also it's not a bad thing. Watching case of Jacob, watching Casey Jacobson today. Did anybody hear the things he was saying and be like, "Damn, that's like that's kind of true, though." Did anybody here feel like a Canadian citizen? That's kind of true, though. Because <laughs> I'm laughing, because like to, because I'm, I, it's upsetting, kind of losing like that, having guys this talented. I mean, like any other defensive strategy. Y'all know I'm a zone advocate, but I've been watching more college basketball lately, and it seems no one plays it. I don't know. Like, it must be an ego thing. Maybe if you play zone, all your kids will transfer, and then you just can't have that. I, I don't know. But whatever that ego is, if you are playing man-to-man like this, no one's going to scout you either. I I... Which brings me to my final point. I'm glad that I like, because you know I'd be going all sorts of crazy directions, but this is actually really important to me. This 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 last part. Because I keep focusing on Dawes, what Dawes is doing, what Dawes is doing, what Dawes is doing. Do you understand how hard the other four guards are working to like make that work? To me, it's also not rocket science that we get early leads and lose them. Because that's really hard. Bro, they're basically asking, like, let's say you're guarding a pick and roll 25 feet away. And you know that the big man who's supposed to help you call out the screen, first of all. If someone's really far away, you might not even hear them call out the screen because the screen is loud. I think every time Dawes said, hey, babe, on your left. Today, in a gym like Butler's, it was heard when he was underneath the basket. Maybe not. So you're just up there navigating nothing. Then you hit with a screen. Now, you've been told you're a slow defender. You've been told perimeter defense is important. You've been in practice and navigating, like, going through, taking hits, taking hits. So, you know how hard these guys are fighting through these screens to try and get through as fast as possible? Just getting blasted because there's no help. As soon as Newell fell out, I was like, oh, it's over because there's no one else who's going to come in and overplay defense. That's an incredibly ta- – like when Jalen uh, uh, Tyson missed the layup, right? he missed a layup that could have given us the lead or maybe tied it late. Um, I was like, I'm surprised that kid's still walking. What they're having them do to cover for this drop defense – is insanity. Thinking about, and again, I try to get some of these on video. Thinking about one of the times uh, Tyson was posted up after he was like rubbing his hip or whatever. Uh, Dawes is sitting underneath the basket. He's not doubling, but he's also not like, he's definitely helping, but there's no like double yet. So it's like, hey, if you come all the way to the basket, I'll be here. While that's happening, the, his big man was up on the opposite wing setting a curl that like got someone open coming right into the middle of the paint and then someone else had to help and then they got an open three. And I was like, or an open shot. They got something out of that that I was like, bro, what is this? Does anybody see what's happening? <laughs> and I'm not just saying that just got open. I mean like the guys are fighting hard as hell. To prevent it from happening. Because they're essentially playing two on three on the other side. While Dawes is not only not doubling, but just sitting there. 
So now I got to ask myself two questions. If you're going to park this dude underneath the basket and not move him anyway, why not just play zone? I'm going to ask it again for the people in the back because my voice got low. If you're going to park him under the basket and not move him anyway, why not just play zone? Beyond that, even from like a tactical strategy point, and this is what I was, you know, why I was happy that I got back where I am. Do you know how much less energy our, our guards would have to use not coming off a thousand and one goddamn screens with no help? When you lose games by two and three points, a lot of times people think of it as like, oh man, yeah, maybe if we played zone for even one possession, we could have made one, they could have missed one. Like, that's accurate. I agree with that. But even more so, if you played 10 minutes of zone, that's 10 minutes more energy your wings, your guards, your forwards have to do what our offense needs. I don't know. I can't tell if I'm like, I'm new at this, right? I've been wanting to do sports talk for a long time. But I'm new at it. I can't tell if I'm like a savant or something or I'm the biggest idiot in the room. I can't. I don't know. I know that I, when I played, I was known as a cerebral guy and all this. But like, I, it's it almost feels like, you know, when you, you play anybody, if anybody listens listening play, plays golf and you know a guy who just wants to f- just hit driver on every it's a par three 120 holes let me like, I, I'll do a quarter swing with the uh you know with the sim two bro like you know this ball's got a lot of spin like no bro use a wedge it feels like that I don't know <laughs> it seems like such an easy you're putting with your five iron, like, 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 just use the putter. Stop trying to make something something it isn't. I don't know. I don't really have a different way to say this. Now, again, they, they, they could have easily also won all these games, and I would still have the same complaint. Because it's not sustainable. I mean... I'm thinking about it even like in the term in terms of if that's just not something this coaching staff believes in and they believe in the, these defensive principles going forward, we'll have to really hey, start tossing some uh, some more money into the uh, in the NIL pool because we're going to need to afford some seriously talented offensive players. We need to sign the Phoenix Suns if this is our defensive principle on the team side. And and the reason I can even say that is like as a point of praise actually for the team. Cuz on an individual one-on-one effort and technique basis they're all pretty good. Keep it a buck. I know in the comments someone was like, "Oh, do they have the foot speed?" Yes. Oh, are these even good defenders? Yes. If you're playing a strategy that doesn't make sense, it doesn't matter. 
Tiger Woods might be able to drive, hit driver and make the green on a 120-yard hole. But what makes him Tiger Woods is that he would never do that. These guys might be able to keep playing this and turn all these into wins. I just do not get why they even would. So I don't know. I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I just want to say that the, uh, the, 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 I don't like being negative. Again, I really don't. It doesn't even feel like I'm being negative. I'm just like saying what I see. And maybe I am the biggest idiot in the, idiot in the room, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that. I'm going to try and get these, some of these uh, plays, at least one onto a video so I can show you guys what I'm talking about. Or you can just watch the second half and listen to Casey Jacobson say everything I just said in one sentence. I'm going to try to have the audio book of Different Dude out on Monday. Um, but the physical copy slaps. Pick it up. I don't know what Amazon is doing. If they like actually sold out or what, I'm going to assume no. And it's some like way they punish self-publishers for being hot in the streets. Uh, but you can get on uh, Barnes & Noble if not there. Uh, yeah. Stay blessed, Cal family. We are in a bowl game. Thank baby Jesus. And I don't know. Let me know. Like, actually comment. Like, I, I you know, some people do. But actually tell me what you think. Because I'm curious if I'm just seeing something that's, like, so out of pocket that, like, maybe it's just me. Until then, peace.